Final report of the commercial starship Nostromo. Third officer reporting. The other members of the crew. Kane. Lambert. Parker. Brett. Ash. And Captain Dallas. Are dead. Cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley. Last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off. Hello again and welcome to the Kane and Rince podcast. In this issue, we'll be covering Alien Isolation. But before we get into that, play along with Kane and Rince. Um, upcoming issues include Broken Sword, Shadow of the Templars, The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess, Amnesia, The Dark Descent, Fallout, New Vegas, and Metropolis Street Racer. Please check out our video games music podcast, Sound of Play, and uh, listen to us talk about our favorite music and games. And finally, please review and rate um, and subscribe to both our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn. Joining me uh, this week is Sean O'Brien. Hello, hello. Tony Atkins. Hello. And writer for PC Gamer, um, creator of the now-retired Other Places YouTube series, and you've probably seen his work in Edge and, and Kotaku and all over the place, it's Andy Kelly. Hello. Hello, Andy. Thank you very much for joining us uh, on this issue. So, um, Alien Isolation was uh, published by Sega and developed by Creative Assembly. It is a first-person survival horror game inspired by the 1979 film Alien. Um, some notable credits for this uh, this game, uh, director Alistair Hope. Alistair Hope actually has a great uh, GDC talk that uh, I think all of you should check out after listening to this uh, this podcast. Uh, producers, Jonathan Kraust uh, and Ollie Smith. Artist, Jude Bond. Writers, Dan Abnett, Dion Lay, Will Porter. Composers, Christian Henson, Joe Henson, Alexis Smith. And uh, this was released in uh, 2014 on PC, PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. Now, um, we have covered an Aliens game uh, previously on the podcast, uh, Aliens Colonial Marines. Now, in that issue, um, Leon went into the history of the Alien franchise as it uh, as it relates to video games. So I'm not going to go into huge amounts of details, uh, a huge amount of detail on the history of the Alien franchise in games. If you want to hear that, go and listen to issue 87 of Kane and Rince, where Leon covers that in detail. 
But I do think it is worth the the panel kind of talking about their history with the film series at the very least, as <clears> I, I think it's really relevant for this game in particular. So um, let's get into our histories. And I think it's appropriate to start with our special guest, Andy. Um, Andy, tell us about your relationship with the Alien franchise. Um, yeah, well, the first film in particular, I've been sort of, slightly obsessed with for many years now um i've spent yeah i've delved as deep as it's possible to go on like this you know it's production and you know it's kind of origins and stuff like that so yeah it's fair to say that i'm i'm a massive alien fan um i love the series um i uh, apart from resurrection uh, obviously and um <laughs> yeah so i'm but, but mainly the first one uh to me is like you know probably my second or third favorite film and uh, just uh, from an artistic and production standpoint, it's my favorite, you know, one of my favorite sci-fi things, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I, I, I love it. And, and what were your expectations going into Alien Isolation? Were you um, excited by it, by what you saw early on? Yeah, well, the first, um, we got uh, on PC Gamer, we got sent the first batch of screenshots and, it was quite telling that the screenshots were not of the alien because that would kind of spoil the surprise. They were just close-ups of like chunky retro sci-fi computers. And as soon as I saw that, I went, these people know what they're doing. <laughs> like I knew that the, the sort of the creative touchstone was the original film and they seemed to have quite a, they, they've taken, they took that sort of lo-fi sci-fi thing and, you know, really quite masterfully, uh, done the wrong version of it and yeah as soon as I saw those first shots I was like this I'm gonna love this game and I did <laughs> thank you uh Tony how about you um much like Andy I, I adore Alien um it's in my my top 10 films of all time for sure um obviously one of the, the greatest pieces of sci-fi entertainment out there and I, and I don't even think that's questionable even if you don't like um horror I, I just think you know it's it's such a benchmark in the in the uh, that genre um, I guess my expectations of um, isolations were really low, to be honest. Um, you know, the Alien franchise has been through not terrible games. I mean, there's some okay ones that you know that sit within that series, but it's you know it's it wasn't something I was particularly jumping up and down having to must play. Um, and that wasn't also until you know some of the reviews came out and some of the word of mouth, and that of course you know, changed my mind somewhat. But yeah, expectations were low certainly at the start. Sean. Yeah, well, I guess it makes sense that the American guy likes the more violent alien movie rather than the, <laughs> <laughs> the more suspenseful. But I, 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 yeah, like you guys, I still love the the first Alien film, and um, I kind of put them both like probably at the same level. Like Aliens is such an awesome action film, and Alien is such an awesome horror film. I think they kind of go for different different vibes, and I think they both achieved them. Um, as far as the game, I had no real expectations for it. I haven't played anything by creative assembly up until now i wasn't really paying too much attention to it because of the history of aliens games like i just i kind of didn't care too much i didn't think there would be anything good coming out of it so um i played it when it came out on ps4 for about maybe like six hours and and decided i wasn't really having a good time so i put it away until recently and came back for it on pc um in the last few weeks like all of you have said, um, I think the first film is a masterpiece. Um, I'm kind of with Tony in that I like the second one. 
but it doesn't quite capture what I loved about the first one. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. you know, fair play, it's it's trying to be something dif- different mm-hmm. deliberately. And I think in what it's trying to be, it it succeeds. But Alien feels timeless in a way that I don't think Aliens does. And um, the way that film uses um, its pacing and... <clears throat> The sound design and the music, I just don't think anything in the horror genre, aside from possibly um, The Thing, has kind of matched it since. I just, I I love the the kind of slow build-up mm-hmm. to the alien that that, uh, that film indulges in. And um, we're going to talk about it later on, but I think the, the game actually does a good job of reflecting... So going into this, like I hadn't played Aliens Colonial Marines. Um, all I, you know, all I know about it is from what everyone has told me about it. Just how disappointing it was, and, mm-hmm. and just what a limp experience it was. Um, Alien Isolation. I, I, I love the idea because it's an idea that everyone had been talking about for ages. Like everyone on Twitter for a long time was going, what if they made an alien game where (laughs) it was just one alien? Uh, The same with the Predator movies. People said, you know, that they kind of talked about this design idea interchangeably Mm -hmm. with those two monsters. Like what if it was a predator and you're just in the jungle and it's just one predator? And, And I think that idea sounded really, really cool. But it was creative assembly, mm-hmm. and um, those guys are talented. But all I had known them from was the Total War games, um, and those are good games. Like I really love um, Rome Total War. I think that that first one is really great, and they've made some really stunning strategy games since. But like that's you know that name doesn't immediately make me think, oh, they're going to make a great horror game. Um, so I was a little, you know, cautiously optimistic. I thought the idea was solid, but I wasn't sure about the talent involved. And, and then, um, I didn't play it for ages. (laughs) Um, I bought it, um, um, big based on the, um, the positive word of mouth, um, that came out that year. I played about, uh, three hours of it and was so scared that I just put it down (laughs) and didn't play it until this year. Before we kind of launch into the meat of the main game, I kind of wanted to briefly discuss um, kind of the development of the game and kind of early versions of the game. Um, Andy, you wrote a, a great article for PC Gamer on the making of Alien Isolation and uh, also an article on the lost intro sequence, um, which details uh, a trip to um, a spaceship that uh, never never ended up in the, the final version of the game. Um, and uh, also there was this great uh, GDC talk, which I mentioned earlier, from uh, Alistair, the the lead behind this game, where he talked about um, early prototypes of the game and it even showed off some uh, some gameplay of what the game would have looked like if they had pursued uh, certain ideas. Um, did you guys get a chance to, to look at any of that stuff? Uh, and um, I know you guys have all read Andy's uh, articles, and mm-hmm. I'm just curious to see what you, what you felt about um, the process that kind of led to the final game. One of the interesting things, like it went through so many permutations, is that um, the crafting thing was a lot 
a lot bigger deal early on where it was going to be um uh the idea was that you made sort of makeshift weapons from bits of old tech whereas now you sort of you make sort of consumable items from uh, scavenged tech but originally your weapons and stuff were all going to be you know cobbled together from stuff for found around a station but they they kept a bit of that in but they did um make it so that the weapons you find are just you just find them like the flamethrower and the pistol and stuff uh, so that was an interesting change um the perspective as well was going to be third person but i mean f- uh, for obvious reasons i think they switched to first person because it's a lot more intimate your experience of being mm. hunted by the alien if you're sort of seeing it through her eyes uh, so yeah. i think that was a wise change um mm. but yeah they, i mean they, they, someone uncovered like a whole different story basically like mm. uh, thousands of words of unused subtitles that i almost feel like they were left in like for someone to find because it's obviously <laughs> tons of work like put mm-hmm. into this and there was a whole intro sequence that seemed to be set on sevastopol before um ripley got there and you seem to be playing as someone else on sevastopol and sort of seeing um the immediate sort of uh events after the outbreak um mm. there was a whole section set on a ship uh that was a uh, sort of basically thousands of people all crammed aboard this ship and it sort of left Sevastopol um, and there was a whole sequence set aboard that so it seemed to undergo some pretty dramatic changes and that, I think that's kind of reflected in the, the final story which is quite slim in a lot of ways it, yeah. it seemed to originally yeah. be much more uh, detailed with more characters and playing as different characters as well but they seem mm. to make it a lot more lean and just make it purely uh, Amanda's mm. story Has anyone asked Creative Assembly why they cut this stuff? Because, like you said, it does sound really interesting and it sounds like it it adds more to the story and and, and for someone like myself, and I know a lot of other people felt the same way, that this the story in, in isolation is like paper thin and maybe stretched out like way too long. So I kind of wonder why they cut something that seems to be a lot more story heavy and, and a little more um, an interesting, a little more of an interesting setup than rather than just like you know, it cuts immediately to a cutscene in the beginning of this game. Like, hey, your mom, we found your mom's uh, recorder. Let's go. And then, it's, you know, it just kind of seems like a limp setup to me. And I'm yeah. curious to see if they, if anyone's ever asked them why they cut this stuff. Well, I think I, I spoke to them about stuff that they cut. And mm-hmm. they're quite, um, the development of the game, stories behind it, they're quite guarded about it. Okay. I think because they're because they're working with a Fox property, uh, there's yeah, tons yeah. of um, tons of NDAs they would have signed. Sure, yeah. um, there's even stuff like um, uh, if you look at the sort of character art for Amanda, she's got like a key around her neck, mm. and that's never explained in the game. Um, mm-hmm. So I asked Alistair Hope, you know, what what's to do with that key, and he was very like uh, guarded and cagey and sort of went, oh, some, some things aren't supposed to be known, you know, like so maybe there was some, um, there was some plot thread linked to it and then they sort of didn't use it, but it's the property hmm. of Fox or something, you know, because that the game's canon. So it's part sure, of the, yeah. the official, you know, mythology. So maybe mm-hmm. there's something about, uh, maybe Fox wanted to keep some of those unused storylines behind for, uh, or, or even the creative assembly themselves, yeah, for future games or whatever. So there is, so I think hmm. we'll never find out why the story was changed so dramatically. But um, it was actually one of the developers who nudged me towards those missing files that someone had found hmm. on Steam. So as if they sort of went, um, maybe I shouldn't be saying that. I won't say who it was though. <laughs> so, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, so maybe uh, I can see why they'd want that stuff to be seen because you know it was. Yeah. And a lot of ways, it fleshes the story out more. And yep. uh, mm-hmm. there's characters uh, uh, that are more like. They were like main characters and now they're just yeah. people on audio logs. Yeah, right, so yeah. it's quite strange. I went out and 
you know, I, I collected all the um, the logs, etc., and and listened back to those. And some are really good, and there is plenty yeah. of story to be found, you know, deeper within within those files. Mm-hmm. But you know, you have to put the work in, and you know, that's yeah. that's a lot to be expected of everybody. I wonder if, um, to me, that feels like perhaps by making putting a lot of the story in audio logs, it increases the isolation element where if you're constantly meeting characters and seeing cutscenes yeah, playing yeah. out, it would feel less lonely and isolated. Uh-huh. And I think by putting that stuff, I mean, there's something quite eerie about hearing, you know, listening to an audio log of someone whose dead body is lying next to the recorder kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Like that's yeah. a lot more effective in terms of creating a feeling of like being lonely and lost than, than if you met that person and they sort of expositioned at you. So sure, I think yeah. if maybe that was a conscious decision or just a happy you know accident mm. but i think it, it it works a lot more effectively than if it was just a bunch of dialogue all the time cut scenes or whatever yeah yeah watching the the demo alistair showed at his uh, gdc talk of the third person mm. uh, version of alien isolation i was i was really struck by how much easier i would have found this game if they had committed to that perspective um i do completely agree with their decision to go with um first person because what you gain in kind of mechanical um awareness of where the alien is and mm-hmm. and uh, being able to kind of keep an eye on it and and just keep tabs on it at all times you mm. lose in atmosphere and just the feeling of actually being there um but like part of me kind of wants to kind of <laughs> wants to play that version of the game just to just to see how it contrasts just mm-hmm. as kind of like an educational experience to see how much like one uh, decision in in terms of presentation mm-hmm. would just dramatically <clears throat> impact the experience of playing a game so let's go into kind of the the setup of the game, um, kind of uh, the decision to go with Amanda Ripley as the main character, who is uh, briefly mentioned in Aliens um, and uh, died at the age of sixty six due to cancer. So we know she survives this story before it begins. Go on. I, I did Sorry, have a question Sean. about that. Is that in the actual movie or I, I thought I heard it was in a deleted scene because when they yeah when they announced this game they were like yeah you play as Amanda's daughter now, or, or Amanda Ripley's daughter I was like what like I never even heard of this before and, and so it was really jarring to hear that they were just it felt like at the time like they made up this whole new character felt kind of lazy is but it then not I found in, out, the, yeah, uh, in, in the special edition of the Avengers I don't know that's why I was asking extended yeah, edition. yeah there's Could a deleted be. scene where um, Ripley's uh, asked about a daughter and Carter mm-hmm. Burke the sort of Wayland yutani stooge shows yeah. up like a um, primitive iPad type thing with like mm-hmm. a picture of a daughter on it. It's a really good um, scene as well, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and actually I asked Alistair Hope again about this. Uh, I said, isn't, it a, uh, isn't there a tinge of like melancholy that you get, Amanda, through all these horrific events in Sebastopol <laughs> yeah. and she only for her to die of cancer? But he said something really <laughs> interesting that kind of makes me rethink the whole film of Aliens where he says that the only thing Carter Burke, who later proves to be a complete slug of a person mm. <laughs> the only thing he wants is for her to not to drop everything and go to mm-hmm. you know the colony yeah uh, and what would a slime ball like that say to to get her to sort of drop all her ties <laughs> he would lie about yeah. her daughter being dead so i, I think that, that seems to be very like a, a way of bringing amanda back and also yeah takes a bit of a an element of like yeah I just a, a bit of sadness away from the fact that you know she's gonna, you know, die not that long after escaping mm-hmm. Sevastopol. But yeah, so I think Carter Burke is 
uh, full of it and that that's kind of a cool little yeah. detail that yeah so i wonder if that's canon or if it's alistair hope's head canon but either way i think i'm, I, I'm going to accept it. i think that's yeah it sounds good <laughs> a, yeah that's a better a better outcome i think yeah yeah for sure um so, so how how did we feel um about um this decision to cast amanda ripley i mean speaking personally um i thought this was a strong choice uh because um for me the alien series has primarily been about you know the strong female lead ellen mm. ripley and um a lot of alien games not all but quite a few of them have gone with the kind of typical uh johnny template um <laughs> video game protagonist um and uh, i i was kind of excited by the idea of a game actually continuing the tradition that mm. the alien series um has so uh, what what did we all feel about that i don't think she's as um she's not much of a character and i don't mm. think she's as yeah. uh interesting or a sort of nuanced uh, as ellen ripley but i still think yeah it's a great continuity it's a great uh way to give the story some emotional resonance and it's a mm. great just way of linking the the, uni- the sort of universe of the game and the film and and it's also an excuse to get you know Sigourney Weaver back to <laughs> yeah. read out some audio logs and stuff, which is fine by me. Yeah. I love the decision. Um, I just wish they they had eventually done more with her. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, I think they start off with really good intentions, but they never they never really continue with it. They yeah. there's I mean, there's a fantastic piece of audio um, where um, Sigourney Weaver is talking about you know the fact that she had to. To, to blow up the ship and that you know she she misses her but don't worry she'll be found soon and it's it's a really emotive piece and you know at that, that stage i'm completely buying into it but i don't know her character development never really progresses more than just she's kind of a lost soul as i got through the further the game i i i just realized they weren't really going to explore her angle as much as maybe sebastable itself like that that becomes mm-hmm. the kind of the bigger bigger plot point rather than Amanda, which is a shame, but I, I mean, I'm really glad that you know there's a, a tangible link there within the series and it's not just, you know, pick person that you could have happened to fall into the situation. It does feel more like she's, uh, as a character, she's not that interesting, but as mm-hmm. the, the ordeal she goes through and her uh, survivability and her... Uh, she got the mother's uh, resilience touch. and yeah. stuff yeah like that 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 to me defines her more than her actions define her more than uh any of a dialogue or a dialogue mm. is like by and large totally forget yeah you know forgettable yeah. um it's the kind of what how she endures perhaps is what defines her you know more mm-hmm. than the other story the traditional mm. story elements i think this game does a much better job of expanding on kind of the the macro details of this franchise rather than kind of just the minute details of characters and stuff like that um i because amanda is barely memorable i don't think any of the other cast are memorable at all i Mm. i i think there are some good vocal performances but not very you know much in the way of memorable writing can we uh remember we can remember there's axel the scottish man (laughs) scottish man there is um (laughs) there is uh the robot man samuels yeah (laughs) samuels and there's um the will Newtani lady uh, yeah. His name I've completely forgotten. See, I've played, I've finished this game three times, and it's one of my favorite <laughs> games. And I, I honestly don't, I couldn't tell you anything about the characters other than the, what they look like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and it's and it's absolutely not a fault of any of the the actors who were yeah, employed for this game. 
they're all effective. And and I don't think like the writing's not bad. Um I just don't think there's enough of it um to mm. really flesh out who these people are or get a sense of what their motives are and what they care about, etc. etc. You could maybe say the same about um some of the Nostromo crew, but the benefit of the film is you've got actors who can convey so much with a slight mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, with yeah, their face exactly. or their tone of voice, whereas you've got a sort of slightly rubbery, emotionless looking video game <laughs> character model is never right. gonna mm. you know, you look at the, the crew and then the strom on the film sitting around the breakfast table and you learn everything about those characters by mm-hmm. how they're yeah. holding themselves and the way they interact with each yeah. other on the around the breakfast table. Like you just games don't have enough nuance to do that. So yeah. um, you know, I I can't really blame it for not matching the film. But I mean that's an unfair comparison. I don't know how much you guys actually kind of messed around with the audio logs etc for the festival but some of that stuff is actually the, the story in there is actually really good you, you learn a lot about you know yeah. the ship deterioration and you know the kind of you know just no maintenance on the ship and how it's meant to be this big thing and um you know how it ends up being civil war in there long before the right. alien comes in are, are any of the things in this game from the original series like Seekson or no, Seekson's or... invented. I think because they maybe they didn't want Sevastopol to be like a whale Yutani facility for whatever right, reason, okay. so they made it like a. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of world building that suggests that Seekson was like uh, way behind whale Yutani, right. mm-hmm. so that's why their androids are really like you know inhuman. Primitive, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So that's that's kind of a cool idea that yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's so yeah. backwater that station that whale Yutani don't even own it. Like they own everything yeah. in that universe. But <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think the, the only things from the film are. They, they did a really good job in that sense, actually, in like creating a lot of their own mythology. But yeah, this the only things linked to the films are like William Jutani mentions and and Astromal uh, audio sure, logs right. and stuff. It's pretty yeah. separate, which which is quite cool. Actually, it gives it its own identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, when when I was talking about this game um, uh, being really <clears throat> successful on expanding the kind of macro details of the universe, uh, Siegson was kind of what I was thinking of because mm-hmm. I just. I love this idea of the unsuccessful competitor to Waylon mm-hmm. Utani. <laughs> yeah. You know, the the guy who w- wasn't even in second place, the guy who was like in fifth or sixth place. Like, and <laughs> and all the technology they've created being kind of like faulty, uh, rubbish versions of what Waylon Utani. Like the working Joes. I know we're gonna we'll probably talk about them mechanically later on, but I I want to bring them up here. The working Joes I think are a fantastic addition mm. to the mythos mythos of this world because they're creepy, but mm. they're creepy in the way that like technology is now in that kind of uncanny <laughs> yeah. uncanny valley way. There's like is that that's almost. That's almost there, but oh man. And the fact that like the reason why they're so dangerous is that they're just badly made is is such a fantastic. <laughs> they've got some little... great um they've got some great sort of uh, idol chatter where um mm-hmm. they sort of ramble to themselves about how they're here to help and then like one of their lines is I'm sure you've heard this, you hear it a lot, they go, um uh, at Siegson, there's always someone behind, behind you. you. <laughs> and when you when you're creeping around in the shadows, every time you hear that, it just triggers something in your mind where you're like and you, you kind of like, there's something behind me. I thought that was yeah. a clever bit of um, turning their idle chatter yeah. and a bit of a sort of yeah way to mess with you. That was cool. Yeah, I do think that some of some of the dialogue that they have is a little cheesy. Like, why would they be programmed with some of the more sinister dialogue they have when they're chasing someone? <laughs> yeah. Like, 
like you know i will find you sometime like you know why why would they ever know to say something like that or why would Actually, they ever be programmed to be in a position yeah. where they're chasing someone did you realize that um uh, this is something i flagged up on twitter it was I hilarious think, yeah, i love this about about how their um about how their eyes is that what you're, you're thinking yeah, about? Yeah, how, I only laugh. realized this recently. Yeah, where if they've got red eyes, they're bad. And if they've got white eyes, they're your friends, which is obviously okay. a, a suspension of disbelief, gamey yeah, design thing. Sure. But I, that totally, I went for, I, I must have snuck past so many white eyed working Joes when I first played the <laughs> game that without realizing. Threatening. Yeah. But did, did you guys realize that? Because uh, the game doesn't tell you it. No. Did any no, of you? I yeah. No. I, I only realized when you pointed it out on yeah. Twitter and <laughs> and I was just thinking back at how many opportunities I could have mm. just walked <laughs> like a normal person. I did realize it purely because I think I was watching it passively first time I saw the game um, mm. rather than just being in that moment where I, I would have wanted to hide from everything. But I mean, even mm. it just shows you you know conveying how tension how much tension this game can have because even in those mm-hmm. scenes where those you know they, they can't harm you one bit but you're spending 10 minutes slowly working around <laughs> and Mm-hmm. You, know, you think you should be seen by them and they don't yeah. do anything. You're like, oh, for God's sake. I'm, Actually, I think the, the game attempted to telegraph that. Um, mm-hmm. I, one of, when I tweeted that, one of the designers who now works for uh, the Chinese room, mm-hmm. um, she uh, said, oh, didn't you realize that when you go through, seek some communications at the start, they don't attack you? Um, yeah. All I thought was that I thought that was just before the, you know, the central <laughs> AI turned them evil. So I think the, the designers <laughs> thought that your players would go through that area and look at the the, the eyes, right. you know, of the working Joes, and then you, that would tell them in a, a non-direct way. But it, mm. it didn't obviously work for any of us. So. <laughs> Just kind of expanding on, you know, from Seeks, and I, 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 one of the game's great victories for me is, um, you know, taking influence from the 1979 mm. film and kind of really, really committing to that yeah. lo-fi retro future aesthetic, and and Seeks and feels very much like a uh, product of that decision um but you know everything else as well i i uh, i absolutely loved going back and watching both um alien and aliens in preparation for this uh, for this recording because i got to see all these little items and little details that they replicated mm-hmm. in this game um you know, even down to like you know the birds that yeah. you know <laughs> the did their head thing. in the yeah. water, and um, the blowtorch is exactly the same blowtorch as the one they use in Aliens, and the flamethrower is the same one they use um, in the first film. I, I just, you know, the alien fan in me was just exploding with joy every time I saw that. The flamethrower model is actually slightly different than I. Oh, is I, it? I am um, <laughs> in a very minor way. I, I basically wrote a thing for PC Gamer. It's called "How Authentic Is Alien Isolation," where I frame by frame went through the film, comparing props to the ones in the game, and I hmm. scored them out of ten for authenticity because that's the kind <laughs> of person I am. And um, it's it's one of the the I'm most proud of it, the things I've written for PC Gamer. But if you look. Some of them are absolutely spot on, like the props, like stuff like um, uh, helmets and mm. um, even signs on walls and doorways and stuff like that. But then if you look at uh, the flamethrower, like the flame, the fuel tanks are slightly different and stuff like that. Mm. But but it's like it's testament to how authentic, like you say, it is and true to the film that um, unless you're really like me peering at these things for great lengths yeah. of time it looks exactly like the film, which is sure a really amazing accomplishment, I think. Uh, how, the, how... the way they recreated even stuff like computer interfaces and yeah. um, it is so 
bang on, even the stuff they've made themselves. It's an artistic achievement in itself that they've looked at that those sets and made their own versions of them. And they still feel like they could be in the film like that. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm. Every rivet seems like it's in the right place. Every panel just feels like it's mm-hmm. been taken from the set. If it Even has the a- low ceilings and stuff like that. Like I think yeah. in the, in, in the film Ridley Scott, like lowered the ceilings in the Nostromo just to make it feel more claustrophobic. claustrophobic. Like in Sevastopol, like huh. the ceilings are just way lower than they would be yeah. if it was so- designed as a real place. When I first started playing, I was like, man, she's super tall. Like, I thinking like <laughs> it was right at the edge of the ceiling. But yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, knowing Alien, it, I, you know, rewatching that film, it's, it's still that case of you, you physically know they made those sets. And that really comes across when watching the film. And I, I think equally it feels the same that those set, well, the, the areas physically feel like they've been made rather than mm-hmm. you know, computer generated as they would be now within film. But you know, mm-hmm. ironically, computer generated in game, which they were, but it still feels very much like they're a physical presence of, of those pieces in your environment. And I think a lot of it probably has, you know, I played with whatever film grain setting that, that came on the Xbox One version. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I liked it a lot. In fact, you know, I messed around and, and viewed some of the PC version where you can really eliminate a lot of that film grain and, and have it mm-hmm. looking super sparkly. And it, it loses so much charm. It doesn't have that quite 70s kind of aesthetic to it, which you know, I, I personally liked. But um, it did actually get me thinking is, you know, how much would I you know, have liked this game if you took away that alien aesthetic, if it was just, you know, corridors and the alien mm-hmm. or whatever it may have been, have been haunting you or chasing you. And mm-hmm. I really felt like, you know, one of the absolute key elements for me to, to really, you know, kind of fall in love with this title in many respects was the setting and the fact that those things were in place and it was mm. hitting notes of enjoyment I, I'd taken from one of my favourite films of all time and that mm. really did play into my appreciation rather than it just being a corridor. I, I'm expanding on what you just said, um, Tony. For me, it, it's not only just seeing those details but then being used by by people who kind of understand why they were effective in the first mm-hmm. place. Um, a moment in the game that really sticks out in my memory, and it's it's not a gameplay moment, it's just a small kind of piece of uh, uh, a set-piece moment where you walk down into the lo- lower medical bay area, and then the panels on the windows kind of lift up, yeah. and, and you yep. can see... Um, the outside you can see the planet and and see you know the station in relation to that and then a a riff from the original alien soundtrack plays i Mm -hmm. believe it's the hyper hyper sleep uh, theme from the original alien film plays and when that moment happens and the light is pouring through (laughs) into the room and that music is playing i was like whoa okay These guys get it. Like yeah. th- that was the moment for me where I was like, right, these guys understand why that film is great. Mm, yeah. And without that stuff, without the, you know, the use of sound effects from the original film, the use of, you know, <clears throat> the original soundtrack and and all of the, you know, art choices, it, it without it, it would have been a lesser experience yeah. for me right. because part of the joy was finally, after so many years, <laughs> seeing a, a sequel to that original film that I wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even the use of um, like ambient sound as well, like, um, yeah. Both Alien and Blade Runner are games, uh, films who benefit from the sort of constant sort of uh, ambient rumbling yep. and computer mm-hmm. noises and sort of there's there's an atmosphere, a heaviness in the atmosphere in an audio sense and mm-hmm. isolation really captures that. There's a constant 
uh, when you when you again when you spend a lot of time crouching and, and silence yeah. and those sort of chirps yeah. and creaks of the station and the rumbling sound is like yeah that's another way in which it really nails the ambience mm-hmm. of the film i have to say that the the closest comparison i have and i know we don't like comparing games to games but is actually i felt it's very similar to Bioshock in, in the way that, you know, Bioshock, you spend a lot of time in corridors um, for sure, much like you do in Alien Isolation, but it knew when to show the outside and it showed it in brief mm. compartments. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, you'd look outside, you'd be amazed by beauty, but also realizing the complete isolation, as in this game, that you're in, that, you know, there isn't really yeah. escape. You can't just, you know, exit a door and, and mm-hmm. leave this area. I mean, much as you, you know, you're stuck on a spaceship and you need to find a spaceship, uh, a spacecraft to get off the ship. It has yeah. that kind of same knowing when to, to embrace and show you little glimpses of the world mm-hmm. outside whilst kind of, you know, teasing with you saying, well, you're still stuck in here. So, you know, off you go. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. Yeah. I, I also kind of thought of Bioshock, but in a little bit of a more negative way, um, because, so I was really enamored with uh, the ship that you're on as you make your way to Sevastopol. But when you get onto Sevastopol, like you're almost immediately met with like writing on the wall and like that kind of environmental storytelling used to work on me. <laughs> but now I'm like, why would someone write on the wall working Joe is for, always behind you or something like that? Like it just it just that kind of stuff bothered me. And I'm glad that like about halfway through they kind of did away with that. Um, I guess that's because you're getting deeper into the into the station. But yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. Just... That was it's pretty. Yeah, it, it felt it, as they're so good elsewhere of giving the game a very distinctive identity yeah. to then fall back on those really hokey, yeah, yeah, sinister messages written on the wall type mm-hmm. uh, world building. Yeah, I, I agree that there is a lot of that in the first area, and yet it does right, feel yeah. quite. Um, yeah, it does feel a bit contrived. But mm-hmm. I mean, even even beyond that. Visually, it, it is stunning, uh, and and yeah, it's not absolutely. just it's yeah. not just you know the panelling on the wall, etc. It's the way that they they use like the atmosphere, it's smoke and you know lighting, obviously to a, a massive effect. Um, it really feels mm-hmm. like the, the station is alive, and like I said, there's a lot of that ambient sound that goes on and clings and clangs, and the use of smoke effects are, are, are mm-hmm. really you know even even on the Xbox One version, which I guess is probably you know the least visual of all the all the platforms. Um, it's it stands out as a you know pretty pretty much a masterpiece, I think. There's a lot of good uh, backlit fans as well, sort of slowly mm. rotating and yeah. casting shadows. Like, it makes no oh, sense from it. Yeah, yeah, and right. just yes, yeah. I think that's that's a kind of Ridley Scott homage where he's he loves a backlit fan. Like, there's yeah. tons of them in uh, Blade Runner, and yeah. I'm pretty sure there's one in Alien. So yeah, that's 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 forgivable. That's that's a cool visual connection to the films as well. I think. So let's go into what Amanda uh, is actually doing on the station. Um, so there are several um, threats that you have to deal with, um, kind of the regular enemies, as I've decided to refer to them as, um, are the humans and the working Joes. Um, I, I felt the working Joes were a much more successful kind of mechanical enemy to deal with than the humans were mm. um ultimately i felt the humans were pretty uh, pointless in in a lot of ways because i feel like a lot of their threat was um, a, a lot more effectively conveyed by the working joes um they were never frustrating to deal with but i i just by the point I had the noisemaker, I was just using that and sending the alien to go deal with mm. them because I really couldn't be bothered. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a pretty uh, valid method of dealing with humans later on where you just lure the alien towards them. And you get a sense in the films, maybe I picked this up, maybe that's not the case, but I get a sense that Ripley 
by Alien 3 and especially Resurrection has sort of developed a weird like uh, connection with the alien the yeah. thing that's been mm-hmm. trying to kill her for, for so many totally. you know and then almost I like how in the game when you start using the alien as a tool yourself <laughs> and yeah. you start depending on it to get you past uh, areas guarded by humans I thought that was a kind of cool echo of that relationship where you kind of need each other in some mm-hmm. ways as much as you're trying to you know it's trying to destroy you mm-hmm. you yeah you, I felt a weird sort of fondness for it sometimes where I watched it you know murder all these humans and I as I crouched <laughs> and behind a a bin or whatever i thought yeah that you know i felt a strange pride <laughs> i played the game straight off on hard um I, i'm not sure why i just i was like yep i'm going for this there's an achievement attached to the end of it i'm, oh, I'm gonna they also gonna... they also say that's the recommended they, they which do. is insane but yeah they do say um, <laughs> the problem is i mean i've not played easy or, or any of the other levels so yeah i i don't have context but like, what i can tell you is that the um, you don't get as many crafting materials on hard as you would do on the easier difficulties. I, I played the DLC on easy, yeah. and that, that was I mean, it was kicking them out like it was candy. In, mm. in my case, you know, I I had enough for a couple of noisemakers at a time, but mm. if I used one, you know, it'd take me at least you know another half hour, forty minutes before I got another one back. Yeah. It's not to say that you couldn't still have a tactic like that. So I found that I never used my revolver, for instance, but the noise of it. Yeah. Man, the alien comes down to find that when that thing goes off. So mm-hmm. I would find myself firing the revolver off, hiding straight in the nearest cabinet, and let the alien kind of, you know, placate the room yeah. himself. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, probably the same method, but um, well, the the same outcome, but different methods were were certainly yeah. required. For, for me, um, comparing the the humans to the working Joes, um. It was just that I felt like um, there were a couple of mechanics missing for me to deal with the humans. So I would have loved like a chokehold that would have just would have you know taken a long time and there's a risk of being noticed. Mm. But just something you know just to take them out quietly, mm. um, other than you know like a you know the rechargeable stun baton, which um, I don't know about you guys, but I found very little in the way of uh, mm. ammunition for that yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, whereas the working Joes, I just felt like there were there was quite a wide variety of ways to deal you know deal with them. There was the e- EMP. Um, uh, I had like a one-two punch system where I would you know throw the EMP down and then start whacking them with the the crowbar. Um, and you know the shotgun and stuff Once like that. Again, is, with, uh, with the crowbar, with the wrench on hard, you have to hit them twelve times. Oh my god! <laughs> it, really? It wasn't really wow. an, an option in in that case. What essentially what hard made things um, happen for me was that everything became a massive threat. So it wasn't mm-hmm. just the alien. If I came across a human, if I came across a working Joe, every single thing. You know, if I get seen, then actually the chances mm. was it was one one shot dead, one choke dead, um, whatever it may be. There was no you know no kind of escape plan there it's either either run away and and get out of their sight or i'm dead and and i kind of like the black and white nature that led me down it was nothing's particularly easy everything's really out to kill me and it's about me managing it so the main event of uh, alien isolation is of course the alien um what one thing i i was really surprised by and um i think Ultimately, I felt really positively about. Um, I, I think some people had a negative reaction to it, but personally, because it reflected the film, I liked it, is how long it takes for the alien to be introduced mm. into this um, this game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, it's a good while before it's uh, before it's a true mechanical threat mm-hmm. um, yeah. in in the game. You get glimpses of glimpses. Uh, <clears throat> you get glimpses of it uh, earlier on. Uh, it kills your um, Scottish friend, um, and um, yeah, and. I but I loved it. I I loved the slow build up of um of the. It can alien. actually kill you. Um, it can kill you way before you actually it's first introduced. Really, um, when it's when it oh, falls really? out. Of, yeah, you know when it falls out of the vent and that sort of scripted moment where she's uh-huh. yeah, hiding under the computer. It, yeah. Um, it can yeah it can kill you before that. There's a bit um you have to really um try for it to happen, <laughs> but it can happen. Um, because I was when I was replaying it just to wander about and look at the environments and yeah. Uh, there's a bit really early on where there's a uh, where you get the first tram, uh, and you have to wait for it to arrive, and it's just making an absolute racket as it sort uh, of yeah. creak, creaks along. The music if kicks you, in, yeah, yeah. And as soon as you step inside the train, the alien is triggered, and most huh. players will hit like the button to go yeah. to the next area. But I was uh, in one of my poking around, looking at stuff type uh, modes, and uh, I got killed, and I was really. Uh-huh. Uh, I was absolutely stunned wow. by that because this <laughs> this is way before um, the thing is actually introduced. So that that's kind of cool that's that cool. that yeah. is in there to sort of teach link anyone lingering a lesson yeah. <laughs> that this is not a game where you where you linger. Yeah, yeah, I like the build up as well. I kind of I kind of felt like the the scene where it does come out of the vent was a little bit. Um, I don't know if it wasn't as effective for me because I'm so familiar with. The xenomorph at this you know at this time like i've I've watched so many movies i've played so many games with it in there like it, i feel like it was supposed to evoke a lot more fear when it showed up when it finally showed up than it really did for me i don't know about the rest of you guys if you i think that kind of speaks to me with this whole game i don't really find it that scary but i felt the the intro to the alien a little bit anticlimactic i guess you, you do hear it rattling around yeah, in the vents but do, um yeah. be cool if you uh just saw almost like in the film you just see like the, the briefest glimpse of its tail just disappearing, uh-huh. you know, ahead, like a, a quite far ahead <laughs> yeah, of you. Cool. Whereas, you, you know, it's just, it slinks out of that event and you just see it, you know, pretty much a full scripted, yeah. shot of it. Yeah. Um, I thought that the, the animation in that, that particular bit is absolutely mm. incredible where its yeah. tail sort of um, goes around and like goes through your legs. <laughs> yeah, and sort of, yeah. Um, that, that is in the sound and stuff is like, it's as a, as a directed cutscene, it's great, but maybe <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not the best, like, it's not the most effective way they yeah. could have shown it to you for the first right. time. You know, it's one of the things I loved about the game is actually, you know, re-empowering the alien as a, you know, a, a killer, a monster. Like it's always portrayed as this, um, you, know, uns- you know, the perfect killing machine. And, you know, by the, by the second film, you, you find out that a shotgun to the head is it's like just one shot. It's dead. No problem. I think they actually said this in an interview, whether it was mine or someone else's, where when he designed that alien, they didn't factor in the version of it in Aliens that's a lot more disposable. Um, mm, they based okay. it on the first film, mm-hmm. specifically um, ignoring the rest of the mythology and just saying that the version of the alien that was on the Nostromo is like more closely to what Ash describes as like the perfect organism. And, yeah. Um, so I guess in that sense, maybe that, I, th- I feel like they made the game in a bit of a bubble and, and pretended mm-hmm. the rest of the films didn't exist. It was their headspace was entirely in that first film, which yeah. I think is it explains maybe some uh, elements that might be uh, yeah. A, yeah, like cause like, confusion with other films. Yeah, yeah. like you can sh- yeah. you could shoot it with a shotgun and it doesn't even bleed. Like it's just totally oh yeah, fine. The, the, I was going to mention the acid blood actually. The um, I asked Alice the Hope why why there was no acid blood in it, and he said. Mm-hmm. 
basically it wasn't fun and it didn't add a thing to the it, it said it was becoming more like an alien a xenomorph simulator than something that was <laughs> designed to be enjoyed yeah. and I, I kind of i think that's fair like having it that's design fair, a yeah. system where like the level melts away whenever you you know shoot it or whatever would be wouldn't add anything worthwhile to the yeah the actual the yeah. systems of the game i don't think and and to be fair to them um, I think there's only one in, uh, instance of the acid blood in the first film, anyway, when they um, they cut, cut into and, the face mm-hmm. hugger. And, yeah, and it doesn't actually it. say that. They, yeah, you don't actually see the xenomorph. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's, yeah. it's a defense mechanism, isn't it? Like yeah. at the mm-hmm. gestation mm-hmm. stage, it's implied that maybe the face hugger has acid blood, but it doesn't actually say that the the grown yeah. when you actually kill the face huggers in the game as well. They do actually. Send yeah, off a, a, a yeah, they do, of yeah. and it, it kind of smokes him, but it doesn't just melt through the floor or anything. Yeah, yeah that's that's the yeah. only instance that you see it. You, you guys were talking about the introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, I I felt um, the second introduction of yes. it. So yeah, there's that, the yeah. script. The um, there's cut the scripted scene. sequence, which is effectively a cutscene mm-hmm. where it comes down and the tail sweeps through your legs. But then there's a second introduction yeah. where it kind of plays out while you're still in gameplay. Mm-hmm. And it comes down from the vent, and the lighting perfect, and the yeah. smoke and everything is spot. On. Yeah, it's in the medical the way, bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's in the medical bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the music. And um <laughs> and the music as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um that for me was like, okay, mm-hmm. we're back. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah. the alien is back. And um I the alien is still effective as a, a horror creature for me. Um and it, and in fact I would go so far as to say, and, and this is mainly, you know, this is a subjective thing. I find games far scarier than films, full stop. Yeah, me too. Um and um I, I think this is the scariest I've ever found the alien um in any form of media. Um uh most of it is to do with the sound design and the animation of the creature mm-hmm. um all of the you know all of the sound effects are familiar but used in the, this context um and kind of used as you know a mechanical tool to give you an idea of where it is mm-hmm. um the fudding footsteps um just you know every yeah. time i hear them uh <clears throat> just make me run to the nearest cupboard um <laughs> Uh, I I love the kind of the hissing sound as it comes down from yeah, the event, yeah. the vents because it's scary, but it's also useful right, exactly. as a piece of information you know for the player. The ground, yeah. yeah, and um, and I love that they went with the design from the first film because um, sorry, aliens fans, um, smooth head all the way. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I don't like those ridge headed aliens, um, and yeah, and and like being able to see the skull inside the exoskeleton as well i love that little detail Mm -hmm. um this this is my alien like this is what i feel the creature is and and everything you're saying about you know the the power of the creature how it can just shake off um shotgun rounds Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. and revolver bullets and stuff like that that just uh, you know as andy says that just to me that stays truer to the description that ash gave you know like this is a creature that has a habit of um replacing its cells with polarized silicon Mm -hmm. and um and all that jazz like i yeah it, it it was for me, it was meant to be this kind of <clears throat> semi-immortal, perfect organism, yeah. and so for that to be the case in this game was was a big win yeah. for me. You know where you stand with the alien. If 
if you get seen by it, it's really game over, and and so, and so it should be. Um, and I have to say, I mean, I I played this game. Um, bless bless my wife. She she likes Alien. Uh, you know, it's one of the few horror films she likes, and she's not a great big yeah. horror fan. Um, and she she loved the aesthetic of this game, so she she did her best to hang in on there and watch me play it. But it was mm. one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen. Uh, I at times I had her screaming in my ear, and <laughs> and a lot of it was just that emotive nature. It was the alien dropping from the ceiling, you know, two foot in front of me, facing the other way, and me making a quick dash for the nearest cover. Um, not knowing mm-hmm. if I've made it or not, and then you know the alien kind of wandering past and looking in inside the the cupboard, and me leaning back and literally her breathing going up and cuddling into me, kind of in in complete <laughs> fright, and it made mm-hmm. the whole experience that's much that's much more genuine. Because um, mm-hmm. I I'm not, I don't know about you guys, but I I found obviously this is a long game, and um, certainly for the first maybe half maybe even two-thirds of the game the alien really had a power um to to affect me to you know not want to be anywhere near it to hide it really you know set my arm you know my arm hairs up high um but you know towards the back end of the game i think i'd managed to calm my own nerves and it it was just a case of okay will this film kill me um Mm -hmm. and you know i'm sure that's a a criticism of you know we can level at the game maybe from being a little bit long later on but yeah Mm -hmm. i I think but for the most part it it really was an effective hunting killer device and it i i definitely felt that i was the prey at all times rather than the hunter and i and i think that's the master stroke there there was one uh thing i saw a lot of critics uh the more negative reviews saying complaining that it was unpredictable well, yeah. And I think, yeah, like if, if it was predictable, it would not be true to the alien. But then again, that that goes the other way, where a stealth game with unpredictable yeah. AI can be incredibly annoying. So I think the yeah. game had a really hard task, and I never, I never felt like I was being cheated by the game. I mm. loved the fact that I couldn't predict what this thing was going to do, and the fact that it could, it would learn when I was doing something, relying on the same tactic. I think that they had to break. The rule one of stealth games is not to have unpredictable AI, but I think they had to <laughs> yeah. they had to break it for the sake of yeah. the creature to do it justice. And I think they got the balance just about right uh, for for the most part. Yeah, I, I I would agree with all that too. There was a there were a couple moments where I felt it was a little bit unfair. Like there's there's one specific sequence that was driving. I like I tweeted this the other day. Like I almost threw my controller across the room. It's where uh, you come out of a vent and then you have to um, uh, you're you're locked in this room. You can't get out. And you turn on two power generators, and then a working Joe comes out of the middle of the room. Ah, uh, yes. You have to wait for the. You have to go wait for him to walk around the, to the front, and then you have to go and use your um, what's that thing called the the hacking tool, I guess, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Uh, and then the doors open, and then all the sirens start blaring, and then Samuel's on your recorder says, "Run, get out of there, Ripley, go, go." So I ran and got out of there, <laughs> and um, it's all the smoke and sirens going off. There's like at least five vents along the way above you and every time like i the first time i ran out alien got me okay fine fair enough then i kept like hearing him at that same vent so i'd move to the next vent no he got me there too like it was just kind of like it kind of felt a little bit unfair for the game to tell me like it ramps up all this stuff but tell me to run 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 and then here i am like i have to crouch now throughout the whole way so i'm not getting caught by him you know it just it sometimes felt a little bit a little bit like it was trying to trying to break the rules with the unpredictable ai and but 
I think the fairness for me kind of tended to be on a little bit more of the unfair side, but not too much to where it like ruined the game for me, but it almost kind of did halfway through. The game for me early on was about learning kind of the patterns of the alien, what the do's and do nots are. Mm-hmm. Like, do not do not hide under a table if the alien is far enough away that it can just see you under the table. Stuff like that. These are like simple little rules that as long as I didn't break, um, I could avoid the alien. Like, mm-hmm. do never run. Never ever, walk. Either. Ever run. <laughs> ever, never run. And so later on, it feels like the game is tempting you into bad habits because mm, it's telling yeah, you to kind of you know out. run 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 now and yeah. and do this quickly and and it's panicking you and it's trying to make you do stupid things mm-hmm. um but all the way through it's like nope i'm just gonna <laughs> slowly crouch walk <laughs> all the way through this blaring siren filled cold corridor yeah. um and yeah and and that worked for me mm-hmm. um i think um we we have to talk about the save system yeah. um, because I think it's key um, to why this game is so effective to me. Now I do understand that there were some people who found this uh, this system a little old fashioned, um, but for me, like without it, I don't think I would find the alien as scary as I did mm-hmm. because nothing is scarier than losing forty five minutes. That's, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I found I found the, the loss of progress scarier than the alien. Honestly, like I just, yeah. um, I it took me a while to really warm up to the <laughs> the, the uh, save system. I will say the negative save system is it's the one thing that takes me completely out of the experience of the game. The moment it says, "Are you sure you wish to save?" It's like, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I put the card in there. I, clearly, I wanted to save. You know, at no opportunity did I ever go, actually, no, this was a mistake. Like, it, mm-hmm. it broke immersion. Um, but it, it is that, that risk reward. It's the, 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 you know, it's the Dark Souls yeah. thing, right? It's the, you know, the, my life is, is you know, I, I want to get from A to B because I've spent X amount of time doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the, the good thing about it is that it's a real risk at times. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been playing this with, you know, obviously the lights turned off. I've got a nice 7.1 sound system and, you know, I'm sat there in um, in a in a, uh, a cupboard or wherever it may be, a vent, and just literally not staring at the screen, just looking at my speakers, working out where in the environment <laughs> it's running around. I can hear it over my head and yeah. knowing that, you know, a certain pattern, if it's moving mm-hmm. fast, it means it's probably closer to be coming out of the vent. And standing there for 20 minutes, I, I, I say 20 minutes, I think that's probably an exaggeration, but it feels <laughs> yeah. like a long time sometimes to just, you know, yeah. looking at the environment that isn't even the environment, just using the sound as an, an absolute key and making that genuine risk of, if I leave now, I know where the sound, sound point, save point is because I can hear it. I know it's in the next room. Do yeah, I make that yeah. risk? And sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. The ones where it doesn't, you kick, you scream, you get really annoyed, (laughs) but you come back for more because then you feel like, okay, well, yeah, that was my mistake. I I knew the risk and I got it wrong. Your thing about um, listening to your speakers reminded me of, if you'll forgive a brief aside about how um, when when they were developing the game, um, you know, the sounds that you get to know, like Mm -hmm. the sound of it um, climbing back up into the vent. Yeah, um, yeah. Stuff like that. Um, while they were developing the game, the alien would announce what it was doing in a, in a sort of Stephen Hawking robot voice. It would go, <laughs> I am looking for you now. 
<laughs> I'm looking for you now. I've found you. I'm coming. Oh, I'm coming. And it was just so during development, they could gauge what the yeah. AI was doing in a really literal way. And like, I always thought they should have put that in there as like a bonus mode. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. so surreal. Like, yeah, it sounded so surreal having the alien just walking around going, I'm coming to kill you now. And a really de- <laughs> detached alien, uh, robotic wow. voice. But yeah, that, that, that was cool how they... quite an interesting insight into how they design like audio like you know Uh as a system that was pretty cool i thought yeah Uh, the sound design and the dynamic soundtrack um involved with specifically the alien Mm. is such such a success Mm -hmm. um they they were um alistair was talking about it in his uh, gdc talk where he was talking about how when the alien is close to a cabinet that you're hiding in um the sounds of the sirens and stuff would actually um kind of fade away and it would focus almost entirely on the sounds of the alien and the you know the tense music mm-hmm. in the background and when you're playing the game you don't even notice that's happening mm-hmm. because you're so terrified of what's going on but it's such it's it's a subtle little thing that gets you you know gets the game to do exactly what you would be doing in that situation yeah. where you'd be shutting out all unnecessary noise and just focusing on what what's important to your survival actually there's something i i only i've played it three times now i've finished it three times on um normal and easy and only once in my first playthrough i was going through a vent and the alien was in the vent and it oh, just it rushed happens. at me yeah yeah so did that has that happened to you guys yeah, at all because it, it, it must be really yeah, rare yeah. It happens a lot on hard. Um, yeah. It it tends to... You don't tend to, like, walk in and the alien's already in the vent. If you tend to hide... It's only on hard. If you hide in the vent for more than five or six minutes, he will realise you're not up the top. You know, like, I'm looking for you. Obviously, the alien within this environment is that it is tied to you with a, a rubber band. I mean, it, it's... Mm. It could yeah. be anywhere on the ship, and of course, it's it's hunting you. Oh, there, it's right there's you. people that are throwing parties <laughs> down in like the galleries at another part of the ship, and you know it's still tied to Amanda, which is I understand as a game play, play seat. Otherwise, what would be the point? But it is sure. at, at times you do wonder. It's like God, can you can you just you know disappear for five minutes and give me a breather? <laughs> and, but when it does, I mean, I've come across that yeah, you know, it where it's disappeared for like you know the best part of ten minutes and. Every every corner, I'm still walking around, crouched, going, "Well, it's going to be around here. It's not. It's going to be around here." The whole rubber band thing, um, I didn't mind that because I I liked the idea that the alien kind of knew where you were. I didn't need it to kind of follow the logic of a normal creature because I always felt like you know the the alien has some kind of advanced. Uh, sensory system mm-hmm. so it's kind of kind of aware of vaguely where you are but it can't quite pinpoint you um so that didn't bother me too much um as for kind of it kind of targeting amanda specifically maybe maybe it just has a grudge against the ripley's i don't know like <laughs> you know, just uh, specifically targets that family um so we, we've talked about the enemies but let's Let's talk about kind of Amanda's way of um, dealing with those enemies. Um, we kind of touched on it a little bit, um, kind of the crafting of uh, items like the noisemakers and stuff like that. Um, but 
are there any kind of like standouts for you guys in terms of like the equipment you used and mm-hmm. and um, items that you found particularly useful? I was kind of uh, I feel like the one of the least interesting things about the game. I didn't. I relied on just my own ability to mm-hmm. sort of my own movement and my own uh, navigation and learning of the the environments. Then mm. I felt like the I never really used any of the weapons or gadgets apart from the noisemaker on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Which and the flares as well actually, where it, it will move towards flares, but I think they're slightly less effective than the noisemakers. But yeah, I didn't. The, the pistol was more like a comfort thing. Sometimes I just bring it up, you know, I'd aim with it <laughs> yeah. just to see it there and just give myself a, the illusion of like, you know, yeah. I, I've, I've got a way to defend myself even though it's useless. But yeah, I, I felt like it. it's not a game where its tool set is uh, a part of why it's great for me. I think it's just mm-hmm. a kind of, uh, the weapons are almost apologetic, you know, in their inclusion. Like, oh, well. we just got to have some guns in there. I, I learned that the Molotovs are more likely to catch me on fire than the thing I'm trying to take down. Um, <laughs> That yeah. was, and hearing her scream was sometimes worse than actually being caught by an alien. Um, <laughs> but now, generally, I, I never used the flares, and it's because I always had flash, either, a yeah. flashlight. Um, I never had any issues with the batteries because you know they seem to be everywhere. So I found the flares. Occasionally, I threw them out just to see if that would attract people, and it and it did. But it wasn't a, a tactic I used. The pistol I found completely useless, completely redundant. Um, the bolt mm-hmm. gun obviously is is great for taking down synthetics. Um, yeah. So the working Joe, so that became uh, a real crutch I lent on as and when I needed it. But you don't get that until the end of the game, really. Um, There's a moment yeah. where um, uh, it's um, where you basically blast the alien into the gas giant, mm-hmm. and um, suddenly you can, uh, for about an hour or two, you can basically sprint mm-hmm. all you want, and you can yeah. fire your guns <laughs> all you want. And I love that just that relief of like I think that's the only time where I like really use the weapons, and I, I love that sense of like. I can just I can sprint all I want. I don't have to creep around, and I can just blow away working Joes with a shotgun. Like that was I think that was <laughs> the only time where I really yeah like the weapons sort of had a purpose for me. Mm. I really like the flamethrower. Yeah, it's it looked one one. It looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. But two, the one that really got me wasn't actually you know flamethrowing the the alien. Is once he had learned a few times and bringing the flamethrower up as he came, became near me. And he kind of did that. It, it lit off his face and he backed away one or two steps just because he knew. He knew exactly what that was. And I found that as a really subtle, great little touch that he mm. was just looking at me, judging whether I was about to, to, to flame him or not, judging whether mm. he should attack me. And in that case, he actually he did attack me. I didn't have much um, flame through at all. I had like 25. So I bursted off. It was just enough for him to knock me over. So it knocked me off my feet. Mm. I actually thought I was dead. I was kind of cried in my hands yeah. a little bit thinking oh, i'm down whatever um and actually got back up again and in complete gasp like okay he's you know he this is the point where people are saying that he's learning my tactics um mm-hmm. and was always then cautious it took more from that point onwards it always took more and more flame fuel to to make him disappear mm-hmm. um and i felt like my crutch at that point had, had all but vanished and you know i kept getting killed even though i had a flamethrower at that point for me one thing that we've kind of briefed briefly touched on but um not really spoken about was the crafting um i generally really don't like crafting in games um any kind of game that's based on like survival so you have to craft like literally everything to to make it through the game is uh i've never really enjoyed but i i really liked the crafting in this because it's based on like a risk reward system much like everything else in the game like you know the game doesn't pause when you go into your crafting menu Mm -hmm. at least i don't think it does right like it's just kind of it keeps going um 
And the way you can, it's just like, you know, you hit the button, 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 go, you make the thing, you're good. Um, and, you know, I like that you can, you kind of make yourself a little bit vulnerable. You know, it doesn't take you too long, but it's just long enough to make you worried a little bit. And um, I, I, I don't know, I just kind of really like the crafting system. Yeah, it's cool how the, I think they specifically said the idea of the game not pausing was the idea that you were backed into a corner hastily, you mm-hmm. know, taping together a lot of junk to, you know. Yeah to make a, a last minute attempt to defend yourself um mm-hmm. which is this is kind of cool but it is just yeah clicking buttons and a yeah, thing appears really it's simple. Simple. Yeah. yeah the the game has a bit of a, a weird structure um i kind of i use the word that nobody likes um uh metroidvania um here um it's not really um it's really it's a very linear game but there are moments where you go through parts of the ship you've already gone through and you have a tool that unlocks a door that you couldn't go through before and that's about it um i i think i think i did actually like that um a little bit um it's not very you know it's not developed really that kind of Mm -hmm. um just grab a, a plasma tool and and various upgrades for it, so you can open bigger and bigger metal panels. Um, but it, I, you know, I think the tension of kind of get having your, you know, ha- having to kind of commit to that action more so than pulling levers or anything. I felt the tension of, uh, you know, using that plasma cutter to um, open doors was quite high because you really couldn't see what the alien was doing at those points. But like, how did you guys feel about the structure? Sometimes I thought the Metroidvania stuff, for want of a much better word, <laughs> was um, <laughs> the, it, it undermined the art, the quality of the art design mm. and the world building, because you'd see like a room full of green gas, you know, and you'd go, mm. well, I guess I'll be coming back there later when I can um, find, you know, find a way to get around this. Um, and, and it'd be like you'd see an astromo log, you know, enticing you through this this <laughs> mysterious room full of gas for some reason. I think that it, it, it yeah. did feel like you said underdeveloped. I think they had a, a maybe a, a game to be more like backtracking based, but it's mostly optional stuff. Like you can go way back to the uh, sort of arrival area to find the stromal logs, and uh, I don't think I actually bothered. I ended up just. Uh, listening to them all on youtube and not you know it didn't feel i want i wanted to hear them but not enough to like run all the way back to uh the first area you know now that mm-hmm. i had the better plasma torch or whatever um yeah they, they, it, it, i think it feels more like a linear game with some optional opportunities to stray from the critical yeah. path that you don't really need to take at a couple of points in the game um you kind of break away from um the standard gameplay um one sequence that really stands out for me is when you're not even playing Amanda Ripley, mm-hmm. where you're playing a, a member of a crew that visited <clears> the <throat> the uh, space jockey ship, mm-hmm. and uh, you get to see, um, you know, that that ship's interiors along with the space jockey mm-hmm. himself. Um, that really, that really stood out because that that's been depicted in video games before like alien versus predator and stuff like that but never for me at least has it been depicted with the authenticity mm-hmm. of that first film and the atmosphere of that first it is, film it's kind of i saw some criticism that it was just a beat for beat uh remake of that scene from the film you know with a few small sure, changes yeah. but i mean but but to me that's fine because it gives you a chance as an alien fan to see <laughs> That discovery mm-hmm. of the derelict 
from mm-hmm. your own perspective. Yeah. And I don't, in, uh, you know, I think to me they probably included it just purely for that. Um, not because the story, the story really needed it, because you know, yeah. Marla could have just told you we found a ship and we found a, a, a beacon. Yeah. But they, they they take you there because it's just it's just amazing, and it the production mm-hmm. values in that sequence it's, is the space jockey is like perfect yeah. recreation mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, it's it's subtly done, which which I like, and it's one of those ones where I took a you know, half a dozen screenshots because <laughs> it's such an mm-hmm. iconic moment from the film, and um, you know the fact that you can go down there and. And amongst the, the nest of eggs with a beautiful kind of gr- blue glow. They did, to, to be fair, include one new area where you actually see the beacon that the, the Stromo was originally drawn to. Mm-hmm. And, the, yeah. and the, the, the art book for Isolation, which I really recommend picking up, it's one of the few like art books that I really think is stands as a, a, a worthy thing to own. Um, mm. They show you that they, the design of the room, the beacon in it, they, they took components from elsewhere in the ship and basically plug them all together to create this new mm. room so it retains the that um Geiger thing and yeah, it feels like yeah. a it feels like a legitimate part of the ship that, you know, if the film had shown that room it would have might have looked like that. So I, I think that that's really shows their attention to detail that they 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 deconstructed the space jockey chamber and like built a mm. new room from the same parts. I think that's testament to their sort of crazy fanboyish attention to detail. <laughs> Um, I, I was also a huge fan of the um, the sections outside of the station yeah. where you're in a spacesuit, and I felt like they earlier on in development they must have had more to do outside <laughs> of the station at yeah. some point uh, because really it, it does become kind of just you know walking around right. and taking in the atmosphere. But to be honest, like the atmosphere is so rich. Mm-hmm. And the sound design is so is, is of such a high quality mm-hmm. that I didn't really mind that my interaction was at a minimum mm-hmm. because soaking in um, the visuals and, and <clears throat> everything they were doing with the audio was enough to you know was a core appeal in, yeah. in of itself. Right, um, I'm going to issue a spoiler warning now. <laughs> I haven't felt the need to um, to really issue it. Uh, until this moment because I think the game is fairly light on story Um, up until this point it's kind of just you're Amanda Ripley, you're on the Siastopol aliens hunting you uh, (laughs) yay Um, but then you know in the kind of uh, final act of the game um, there's a reveal um, in the engine room this is after by the way you've ejected the first alien um, the alien that you fought was the only one um, uh, into the the planet. Um, there's this amazing sequence where you're on a section of the station and they just eject it, and you're just spinning and spinning as mm-hmm. you're trying to leave mm-hmm. leave uh, jettison out of it in a spacesuit. Um, but then you go into the engine room, and hey. There's a bunch of uh, eggs down here, and mm-hmm. oh look, there's a whole nest of aliens. Mm. There are more than one alien on the siesta pole. How do we feel <laughs> about this decision? Uh, yeah, I think that it, it sort of comes out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, this is another thing I, I asked Alistair Hope about. I said like, why the marketing for the game was like you know so heavily focused on this one creature and. Uh, he said, like he wanted to turn the tables on the player a bit, and uh, for anyone that was starting to feel more confident around the alien, the idea here was just to make it doubly worse, and to mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. and I think in that respect maybe it works. And I, mm-hmm. I did also ask him, like, the fact that 
it establishes that there are multiple aliens. Does that mean that all the preceding encounters with the alien were they different Just aliens? The one, right? Yeah. That was another one that he was very uh, cagey about. <laughs> uh, he was very cagey about certain things, and he said that um, he says he was happy for players to interpret that for themselves. Sure. Um, no one on Sevastopol knows all the answers. Amanda doesn't, and neither do you. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's one way. That's one reading yeah. of it that uh, you were saying earlier about the alien always seems to be. Uh, tied to Amanda, maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't. Yeah. Maybe that was just that they're all over the station, and so you were just encountering I mean, that, different ones. That could have been a better kind of right at the end reveal where you realise that there was you know more than just a one. If there was maybe two or three, and of course all that stuff would have clicked into place. Like oh, no wonder it was always there. I just thought mm-hmm. it was one, but th- there's a lot more game left there after once you once mm-hmm. you get the reveal and it was you know. I think um, visually speaking, that whole sequence is just again, again, like everything else in the game, it just looks ridiculously good. I, I, I liked how it brought me back to those scenes, uh, actually, from the aliens, where you know, when they're first landing and they first get in there and they find all the people, you know, wrapped up on this on the walls mm-hmm. and all their chests are already exploded and everything. I was kind of expecting at least one of them to still be alive, like how that guy is and where that girl is in the second one, but you know, that's fine. But um, one thing, this is where like the face huggers come in, right? I saw you just. This is where the face huggers. Yeah. Uh, so, I didn't. I like the sound of them, and of course, the look of them as they're coming towards you. But if you get caught by one, it, the 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 sequence is like really goofy looking. Like it just kind of hops up on the screen and just stands still, and then it just cuts to black, and you're done. Like it's it quite just, cheap as well. Yeah. Like you sometimes it'll just be like under some boxes in a cupboard. Right, it's like yeah. an instant death. Yeah, um, which is never fun. And games. No. I, I, I would go so far as to say I think the face huggers are a bit of a mechanical failure. Mm. Um, I think the one hit kill for the alien, it works, mm-hmm. that's fine, because they give you so much audio visual information mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to work with. Whereas, you know, a face hugger could just come out of a box and I'm going, oh, where's my shotgun? Where is it? And yeah. I'm going through the menus and by the time I get it, it's already on my face yeah. and I have to go back to the last save point. Even, and it just didn't feel fair. It's even worse than that. Even, you know, you're likely to die for the first time you come across come across it. But quite often, even though I knew I'd come around the corridor, that's where I was going to be hit by Facebook, I still couldn't see it. I'd just hear the sound mm. and then mm-hmm. it'd come from behind. Where, and I, I, I guess they make sense within the context of the story. But sure, yeah, yeah. Um, mechanically, they're mm. an utter nuisance. I have to say at first, this reveal really disappointed mm-hmm. me <laughs> mm-hmm. because um i i felt like they had it felt like to me that they had given in to the demands of aliens fans if that makes <laughs> any sense like i felt like I, I i felt like up until that point they had really committed to making a game for fans of the first film and then when I saw all of those eggs, and I was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. what have they done? Um, thankfully, though, I, I feel like after that, um, they still kind of commit to the single alien yeah. um, or, you know, two aliens. But you, you know what I mean? It's still it's still about this creature being... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, almost godlike in its in its uh, in its fret level mm-hmm. and, and and stuff like that. So, it, in the end, in retrospect, it didn't it doesn't really bother me that much. Yeah. But I I I had felt like they had really compromised their vision mm-hmm. um, the first time I saw it. I think if it didn't come back to aliens at some point, like it would have been a little disappointing. I think for me because 
you know, the first half of the game is, is all you and the alien and, and then you shoot it out into space and then the next half is you and the working Joes. And I think that's the part mm. for me where it gets like way too long, where it just it focuses on just the, the working Joes. So I think coming back to the alien might not be uh, like really original or anything, but at least it kind of come, brings things a little full circle for me. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, when we when I ejected that uh, piece of the station into the planet, mm-hmm. my thought was when I got back to the station, well, that creature just followed followed mm-hmm. me back because because yeah, that's alien. It's been demonstrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's been demonstrated multiple right, times yeah. that space is not really a big deal to this creature. <laughs> yeah. So it can survive in space. So I was kind of hoping for that reveal instead mm-hmm. of oh no actually that one did die. Um, here's more aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think it works ultimately, and uh, I feel bad for you know thinking uh, Creative Assembly had you know compromised their vision. But yeah, it was a bit of a shock at first. Surely not the only one. Um, so lastly, um, the way the game ends. Um, I I actually really respect um, the way the game chooses to close out. Um, I'm sure there are uh, some people out there who, who kind of found the ending a bit kind of sudden or disappointing. Mm. But I think, you know, for me, it kind of fit the, the way the first film ends in that um, it's just the threat is over, done. So it's cliche, but it, it's it's doing it as a homage. So I, I think it gets away from gets away of it. Um, mm. You know, the you're safe, but you're not safe. But it, yeah, it's very mm-hmm. it was very alien. And I respected it for that. I, once again, I, I feel like the, you know, Amanda then just drifting into space, presumably then being picked up by that light, the vessel that comes mm-hmm. along. I, I feel like that once again, that's, you know, there was no no ending for her kind of narrative at that point um that i was mm. probably hoping him for but i mean that's fine um yeah it's it's a way to end the game and i'm not surprised that's the, the direction they took yeah. it yeah i thought it was it was fine i mean ultimately like when when she first gets ejected into space i was like that's kind of awesome like they're gonna actually kill her off but i didn't think about it until later i was like <laughs> well if this is technically canon she clearly is going to survive this encounter because she has to grow into the age of 65 to die later you know unless that was all made up by burke but you know whatever yeah i think it, it- like the first two aliens, I love the way they end on that. Um, uh, it's on us, us in a way a happy note, but then there's that ambiguity of like they're just going to be drifting in an escape mm-hmm. pod. Yeah. Um, what is going to happen to them? And it, it leaves, a, you know, it leaves a tantalizing um, way to open up a new game mm-hmm. or a new film. I mean, in Alien Three, obviously they went crazy with it, and she crashes on a <laughs> prison planet full of Shakespearean actors with bald heads, but. <laughs> Like that, you know, that's cool though. That the fact that it opens up the possibility of if it shows her going back to Earth or something like that, you know, that uh-huh, it would. Yeah. I think James Cameron uh, wanted uh, Hicks, um, Newton, uh, Ripley to go back to Earth and yeah. sort of be a family Bigger unit family, or something. It's yeah. like that. That just really closes off the, yeah. uh, an interesting continuation of the story. So just to have them, you know, end in a way that it's ambiguous, I think it will benefit any more games they make or. I just even yeah. How do you continue without it being really raw? You know, continue a game based on this. It's unless they go down the aliens route, in which I I guess maybe the engine could handle combat, but I, I think it would lose the charm, which you know they've set out. Mm-hmm. I, 
I might be wrong, but I mean, every other alien based game, when they base it around aliens becomes, you know, can't help become a little bit of a, uh, you know, just a first person shooter over aliens. Mm. And, yes. Yeah. yeah. I'd be happy if they just transplanted the isolation into a new setting, like a wildly different setting, you know, mm. mm-hmm. um, I'd be happy just to, to have another stealth game with some new systems, maybe mm-hmm. expand on some things that weren't fully fleshed out. Um, maybe have some, a, a better story, and yeah, the whole, <laughs> God, no, it'd be, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd be up for another stealth game. But I think the mm. the the team that was formed at the uh, Creative Assembly to make Isolation, they they were separate from the strategy game people. It was a team oh, really? assembled mm. specifically okay. just to make Isolation, and like huh. a lot, all of the key people now work elsewhere. Like I follow them all on Twitter, oh, obviously, because I'm, I'm keeping close tabs on them to see if there's a, a new one's going to happen. Like, so anyone that remains at Creative Assembly is making Halo Wars 2, I think. Oh, right, but a yeah. lot of the main creative people have now um, gone to other companies. So I don't mm. think, we, I think it's going to be, isolation will be like a one-off, I think. I'm not sure of sale figures, but I think anecdotally, I, I, I'm pretty sure it sold well. I know a lot. It's had a lot of people talking about it. It it seems to have done pretty well from what I can see. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a sequel, but equally, you know, I'm not too sure it it necessarily requires one. So I'd worry yeah. if it was made by someone else. Like I think that team was so. I'm sure another team could do justice, but I just I would love them. It, it makes me think of like post Team Silent, you know, Silent Hill games. Yeah, like maybe they just yeah. wouldn't have the same magic touches as that original for- team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's briefly touch on the the DLC because uh, we're quickly running out of time. So um, it's brief anyway. So uh, yeah, it's pretty brief anyway. Yeah. So th- there's kind of um, there's two categories of DLC. There's the um, the DLC inspired by the first film, Crew, Expendable, and Last Survivor, and then the there are these uh, Survivor mode packs that you can download. There's some modes in the in the game already. But um, they kind of turn this into a, a DLC plan for the game. Um, so I personally, I played through um, Crew Expendable and and Last Survivor, and I dabbled with Survivor mode. Um, I didn't play all of it um, just because my nerves couldn't take it. <laughs> um, but um, how, how do how do you guys feel about it? Um, you know, uh, yeah, just generally, how do you guys feel about the yeah, DLC? I thought the the two Nostromo ones were. Um, I think Last Survivor is a great um, bit of DLC. Into, I think it's a really quite tightly designed, quite fun mission, but I think Crew Expendable is pretty weak. But they work as like fan service, basically. Mm-hmm. Like It's just an excuse to wander around in a Stromo and meet slightly dead-eyed versions of those characters <laughs> you love. And um, in, in that respect, just as an alien fan, like getting to walk around on an Astromo. Yeah, the, the flight deck. Is, oh, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. just justifies it. Yeah. I, I had a free camera hack for isolation, and I just spent like two hours just flying the camera around, looking at the, at the incredible mm-hmm. detail of that sort of recreation. But uh, yeah, I think the challenge modes, I didn't really play them. Like, I, I, I hate challenge modes and time things, and, you know, like... Um, I don't really play games for mastery or for points or anything like that, mm. so they didn't really appeal to me. The appeal of the game was like the story and the progression there. So, yeah, I, I, the only DLC I played was the Nostromo stuff, just to just to geek out a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Detail. Yeah, the Nostromo the stuff was actually what made me come back to the game. Like you know, like I said in the at the beginning of the podcast, like I I didn't really enjoy my time with it when I first played it on PS4. So um, when it came out, like I think when both the DLCs were finally out, and then. There was a bundle with it on Steam. I picked it up, and so that's because that's what really I was like, oh man, that's a really cool idea to to go back and revisit the 
the Nostromo stuff, but I felt like both of them, uh, for me, were a little, when it was over, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's it. Like, they were so short and so, mm. you know, like, not mm. inconsequential. And I, I don't, I, again, I don't know if that's just me walking into it expecting, like, I mean, maybe, maybe I was expecting, like, a full four-hour kind of thing, but I, I literally finished Last Survivor in 15 minutes. Like, it was kind of exceptionally short. I thought yeah. Last Survivor... Did a good job of, I mean, that the, one of the great scenes in Alien is, um, you know, basically trying to make a way to the shuttle, mm-hmm. yeah, for the steam and stuff like that. I thought it did a, a good job of like recreating yeah. that experience, but you know, um, but I, just as like a brief, like, yeah, like you said, like just a quick, uh, chance to relive that scene briefly rather than it, something fully. It to fill the gap where I think I would have definitely been going. I wonder what this game would be like with the original cast and crew yeah. mm-hmm. implanted, and and like I said earlier, I, I think. I got delivered that and realized that <laughs> I'm glad that, Maybe they, that's not what you want. <laughs> you know, they were just 15 minute short segments and I had something else to, to chew on as the, the main title. Man. So I think they, they'd serve their purpose. Um, yeah. But yeah. It could have been a little bit longer and, for sure. And that's like gotta be the best Ian home impression I've ever heard in my life. Like, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> like, yeah, spot on. It's, it's the, the cast, like it's a bit weird seeing their like 1979 uh, appearance mm-hmm. with, uh, the voice of someone who's clearly yeah, older. loads older, like it. Yeah, it, yeah. I, th- I think um, Sigourney Weaver um, is just so you know such a pro and yeah. knows that. I mean, yeah. she she's really protective of that character. Mm-hmm. And Asda Hope said that um, she was uh, given notes on uh, the script and and was like you know basically directing her performance because no one knows Ripley better than her. Sure, so yeah. I think she she's the highlight in terms yeah, of acting. And, and when she reads out the like the audio log you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. When she re- uh, the uh, rereading her last lines from mm-hmm. Alien at the start of the game as well as like really evocative, I thought like she does a great <laughs> job. And the others just sound quite old and tired, but you know, they are like they're allowed to be. <laughs> it's been a long ass time since they made that that film. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't even know that was a re-recording of that yeah. last bit. I thought that was just a they took yeah. that from the film. That's crazy. Yeah, just to clear, I guess, just to clean up the audio and have it in line with the rest of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I think the 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 score as well, like the they had, I mean, the, the development team had a, had a access to a three terabyte um, archive of wow. production material from the original. Um, I'd love to get my hands on <laughs> yeah. that, but it's just full of like stuff like continuity Polaroids for the costumes and mm. and stuff like that. But um, uh, the composer of the score um, had access to the original mm-hmm. rec- uh, masters of the score as well, so they wow. used that to they re recorded like that great cue uh, you mentioned earlier when the windows slide open, like they. Yeah, they had access to the original recordings there. So I think all that stuff just really layers on the authenticity. Yeah. Okay, let's hear from our community and see what they have to say about Alien Isolation. If you want to hear your thoughts read out on uh, future Canaan Rinse issues, go over to com slash forum or email us uh, at podcast at com with your thoughts on any upcoming games that we'll be talking about. This first post is from Matan Zhao. Alien might be my favourite film of all time. After the terrible Colonial Marines, I was very pleased to hear that Isolation would be more like the first Alien film. Less shooting and action and more horror and stress. When I booted the game up on my PS4 and heard the Alien theme in the menu, I got goosebumps and was somehow already deeply moved by the game. I scrolled through the menu and was thrilled by the PlayStation Connect features. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't own a PlayStation camera, so the alien would not be able to spot me when I sneeze or cough playing it. But what a great feature. 
I found the game really challenging, even playing at normal difficulty. It was quite easy to get away from the human enemies or the droids, but getting away from the alien was extremely hard. I was hiding for ages in lockers and under tables watching the scanner and waiting for the right moment to get out of my comfort zone. I never knew if I was skilled at this game or if it was pure luck that I got away. The alien was running randomly through the corridors and it was hard for me to understand where it was going. I got frustrated, especially when I got to the nest. At the end of the game, I only found myself running away, hoping that I would make it to the next checkpoint. What a shame, because the game's atmosphere and visuals were absolutely amazing, and I would have loved to look at it some more. But even running away wasn't the solution for solving this game. Even if I heard the alien behind me, it somehow still managed to be above me in the next vent. The most frustrating part was towards the end of the game, when I didn't have any bullets, fuel, Molotov cocktails, or noisemakers to distract the alien. Maybe I'm the worst skulker ever, but those parts were just pure frustration. Would I recommend this game? Of course, its atmosphere is a blast. The sound design is perfect, the graphics are decent, but don't take too close a look at the human NPCs. My favourite part was the alien planet when I could finally enjoy the atmosphere and didn't need to hide in a corner. I also enjoyed the chapters in space. Sometimes I even felt that I could deal with the alien properly, and it felt great. Overall, I found the game a bit too long. The missions were a bit Bioshock-esque, and the cutscenes looked great, but always felt misplaced in this game. Maybe because they came too rarely and randomly. Alien Isolation is a great game, but I'm not sure I would ever pick it up again. Maybe the DLCs? I think I didn't just expect a good alien game, I expected a new Dead Space, which isn't what this game wants to be, but it's what I wanted to play. Dear Dead Space, if you read this, please come back. Next, Baker's 12. Games based on the alien films have been a mixed bag, and when one gets announced, it's hard to get too excited in fear of being disappointed. But with Alien Isolation, as time went on and more was known about the game, my interest was piqued. It being based more on Alien, one of my favourite films, than Aliens was an interesting idea. Managing to get most of the original cast to reprise their roles, with only Ian Holm missing, and the fact that 20th Century Fox gave Creative Assembly full access to their archives, which resulted in them finding the lost soundtrack master tapes, which will improve future releases of the film, it looked like this game would be a love letter to the film. It is. The alien world is lovingly recreated and expanded. The space station feels like it would have come from the same mines that built the sets of the Nostromo, and did not feel the need to make things look more futuristic, unlike Prometheus. The Working Joes were a brilliant addition to the universe. The outdated synthetics fit the world and are suitably creepy. They reminded me of the Autons of classic Doctor Who. But once you unfortunately get into a fight with one, they moved just like Ash did when he attacked Ripley in the film. The sound soundtrack is spot on, no surprise given the access they had. All this creates the perfect atmosphere that translates from the film to the game. When I first started the game, I thought the mechanics were a list of old school game design ideas that are hardly seen these days and felt they were a bit rubbish. 
For example, manual save points, one-hit kills, overly complicated controls to do tasks like opening doors. But I came to realize that all of them were for a reason, and that reason is fear. Save scumming can't save you from the alien. Running can't save you from the alien. Opening a door might save you, but it's a risk. The gameplay is so detailed and geared to make you fear and respect the alien. The very steep early learning curve is to instill this fear, a fear you will still have even once you have a flamethrower and can deal with the alien a bit more. Even your tools hinder you at times. The motion tracker cannot be used at the same time as a gun and it limits your scope of vision and what vision you have is blurry as you have to toggle the focus from the screen to the background. I enjoyed the story for what it is, but I found the characters a bit lacking, bar Amanda and the company synthetic. There were a few standout moments for me. The obviously evil British company synthetic turning out not to be, Amanda's closure and the nest reveal. I liked the fact that the survivors on the station had started to band into groups and started to mistrust and attack each other in the chaos in a bid to survive something not seen in the films, but worked really well. It made me wonder what Creative Assembly would be able to do with the Thing license. I think Alien Isolation is a really good game, and as an experience, a must for a fan of the films. It is for me a true sequel to Alien. But did I enjoy it? I spent most of the game in a state of high stress, trying to stay alive, even when the Xenomorph was nowhere to be seen. You know it's out there somewhere. A few spots are very hard, and coupled with the game's length, it can take a toll on you. I played it in small chunks to get through it. TechnoRage1127 says, Most games based on the Alien franchise take inspiration from the second movie, Aliens. And for good reason. The atmospheric action set in that entry in the series can easily be ported to the video game's medium. While there have been some not-so-great Alien video games, the original Aliens vs. Predator game for PC still holds up and is amazing. When I heard that they were going to make an Alien game based off the original film, I was instantly intrigued. A first-person survival horror game set within that universe sounds truly unique and truly terrifying, and with the developers using actual sound effects, designs, and characters from the original film, I was hooked. There is so much that this game gets right that it pains me to say that it gets almost an equal amount wrong. First, the game feels absolutely authentic to Ridley Scott's masterpiece. The blue-collar retro-future designs are perfect, and even the sounds of doors opening are so authentic that any fan of the film franchise would be pleased. Hearing Sigourney Weaver's voice during the game's opening also gives Alien Isolation legitimacy that other movie-inspired games don't get. The beginning of the game is slow to get started, but that's expected with horror. However, the length of time from when you start and when you first see the alien seems extraneous, which sums up the fundamental problem with Alien Isolation. Padding. There is so much padding in this game. It's as if the developers had to take a 12-hour game and turn it into a 30-hour experience. Anytime I had to deal with a group of those annoying robots, it made me want to quit. They destroyed the pacing and are so removed from the alien experience that they should not have been there to begin with. 
there is a sweet spot where this game is perfect, where you only have a few resources, weapons to deal with the alien, but with a couple of key items to help you survive. Unfortunately, that sweet spot is fleeting, as by the end, you are so overpowered that the alien is more of a nuisance than an actual threat. As I said, Alien Isolation should have been a much smaller game, shorter in length and removing the useless middle section, and it would have been a solid horror experience. As it stands, it is a disappointment, as a good Alien horror game is in there, but just can't breathe free with the weight of the unnecessary crap that lays on top of it. Hunter30 says, I consider myself something of an Alien fanboy. Aliens is probably my favourite film of all time, and the original Alien is also there or thereabouts. I have consumed much of the expanded universe offerings, such as the novels, standard and graphic alike, with relish. In my case, this rampant fanboyism had the effect not of making me hypercritical of the widely panned Aliens Colonial Marines, but rather causing me to view it through rose-tinted spectacles. While a small part of my brain was shaking its head in despair at the awful AI, another dominant part was shouting gleefully, That's Hadley's hope! And I've got a smart gun! Finishing the game and looking back on it, I could acknowledge that yes, objectively, it was a disappointment, but I still had a blast regardless. Reading the far more positive reviews for Alien Isolation then, I was very excited. I'm one of those odd gamers caught in a bit of a time warp. I'm not normally a day one purchaser, more like a day 1001, and usually play games that are at least a couple of years old. In this case, I made an exception. Now I'm going to admit something here that I'm not proud of, but I can't in good conscience pretend it didn't happen. I ended up using a walkthrough for almost the entire game, from about the point when you first encounter Giga's dreaded creation itself. It's not so much that without it I would have been hopelessly stuck and have no idea how to progress, but more that I found the experience just of simple exploration so incredibly stressful. Even armed with the guide and knowing exactly where I needed to go and the most efficient way of getting there, I was a nervous wreck. The biggest car crash of a job interview I have ever had was nothing compared to those levers that required about four different steps and what seemed like an eternity to pull. I admire those people who are made of sterner stuff and were able to complete the game unaided, but I'm too young for heart surgery. The emotional trauma notwithstanding, I had a brilliant time playing this game, one which is dripping with atmosphere and starkly beautiful to look at. It also features the greatest video game flamethrower I have ever used, and I didn't even kill anything with it. Some people aren't keen on the human enemies or working Joes, but personally I felt these antagonists added some variety, and being able to put a bolt through a synthetic skull was an effective stress release after cowering in a locker for ages. I do agree with one of the other common criticisms about this game, that it overstays its welcome. Even with the guide, I clocked up 18 to 20 hours, and while it's not often you wish a game would have less content, not many games are as gruelling as this one. We have what is pretty close to the definitive survival horror alien game to stand alongside the film. As someone who prefers the sequel, 
my wish now is for the definitive sci-fi action Aliens game to go with it. I live in hope. Alex79UK I was pretty interested when the voices of the internet started talking about how good this game was, having previously had no interest in it really. I'm not a huge fan of the films. I mean, I like them well enough, but they're not all-time favourites or anything. My girlfriend bought me this on the PS3 a couple of Christmases ago, and I have to say my first impression didn't blow me away. I'd heard it had a pretty slow start, but even then I wasn't prepared for just how long it took to get going. Once I got into it, though, I started really enjoying it, creeping around the corridors of the Sevastopol, holding my breath as one of those android guys came past. That enjoyment was short-lived, however, when the alien finally turned up. The game turned into a cat and mouse chase, where I was the world's smallest, most scared mouse, and it was the biggest, baddest, most battle-hardened, scariest lion the universe had ever seen. I think the breaking point was me hiding in a closet for, and this is not an exaggeration, 25 minutes, trying to hold my breath, trying to plan an escape route as the alien paced around outside. Every time I was about to dash for it, there he was, toying with me, stalking his prey. I gave up. It just wasn't fun for me, and was genuinely one of the most terrifying, unsettling gaming experiences I've ever had. Anyway, must cut this short, as my girlfriend is quite literally in labour, and the midwife is glaring at me. Uh, note, the baby was born successfully, I, I believe everything is uh, good, uh, but of course that didn't stop anyone from uh, making chestburster jokes on the forum. Dom's Beard I pre-ordered this as I'm a big Alien fan, and the premise of it had me really intrigued. It reminded me a lot of the old Alien Spectrum game, which at the time was one, very hard, and two, quite scary, although it doesn't look it down. I never ever play games on hard, but I knew for this I was going to play on hard, as I felt it was a perfect example of a game that would benefit from it. I wanted the Alien to be full on. Watching people play on normal, this seemed to be a good decision as the Alien wasn't as intelligent on that difficulty. It doesn't start off well. A lot of it is scripted and you have the tried and tested read dull following an NPC round. Thankfully, it doesn't stay that way for long and in chapter 5 it really begins. The alien's arrival will always stick in my memory, scripted but dropping from that vent as well as the amazing sound design and score was an impressive entrance. Then it is just you and him. Chapter 5 will always stick in my memory. I spent hours just hiding in a locker, waiting and waiting and waiting to try and sneak out. The game, to its credit, does not help you by telling you where you need to go. The sound of the alien walking past you, the scrape of its tail made you stay on edge. It took me several hours to complete, but going back to it later, I did it in 20 minutes. As the game says in the menu, hiding is only a temporary solution. Chapter 10 was also the worst slash best level for me. At points I wanted to take the disc out of the PlayStation and bite it in half, burn it, then chuck it in the sea. There was a section where the AI must have killed me upwards of 50 times as he would find the locker I was in without fail. My nerves were shot and it genuinely wore me out so I took some time off the game. 
I came back after a while, carried on, and got through and finished the game. A criticism of the game I saw at the time was that it was too long. For me, it wasn't long enough. I was ready for the end, but was gutted when it arrived. It was a relief, but at the same time, I kind of missed the absolute stress of it. Going back to the ship from Alien was great fan service. I went to chat with the team behind it. I mentioned that the alien kept finding me in lockers, but they explained that the alien remembers what you do. So if you always hide in lockers, he's more likely to look in them. And if you throw flares frequently, eventually he'll stop going after them. The lead guy was asked about a sequel, and he said there's still DLC to come, but I could tell he knows there will be a sequel. It was my game of the year for 2014, I liked it so much that I rebought the game on Xbox One earlier this year, an inferior version as I was to find, and tried the nightmare mode that was added, which I progressed well in until I reached a point that I couldn't pass due to the working Joes. A real shame as I was enjoying it again with an even more brutal difficulty. Would I recommend it? If you do not want any stress in your life, stay miles away from this, but you would be missing out on a great game. Right, so uh, let's hear from Twitter um, the uh, free word reviews. Um, whenever we're recording a show, we'll send out a call out um, from our uh, from our Twitter account, at Rince for your free word reviews um, for Alien Isolation. Uh, Sioni Boy says, shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Uh, Ricky Haggett says, staying in cupboard. Eric Jones says, effective, too long. Stripe says, nice future toilets. Stefan Veyo says, spooky space station. Nobs, Nobsy Magic, uh, hope I pronounced that right, says, really hate androids. Dapudi says, screaming in space. <laughs> Martin Baker nailed the atmosphere. Phil Laidler says, tense, atmospheric, excellent. James Perkins says, incredible horror experience. Andy Palmer, satisfying 70s aesthetic. Mike, game over, man. (laughs) (laughs) Alex Shaw and Sharon Shaw say, don't find me. Dom's beard, lockers are friends. (laughs) Alex79UK says, don't bloody breathe. <laughs> Carmoon, brown trouser time. <laughs> we, um, we don't normally no. <laughs> include uh, free word reviews from the Kane and Rince guys, but um, Carl Moon was due to be on the podcast, but unfortunately mm. had to drop out, so I thought I'd include his, uh, his free word <laughs> review there. Um, all that leaves us with is our summaries, starting with Sean. Yeah, um, I think it's fair to say that of the four of us, I'm probably the uh, one who likes it the least. But that being said, I, I still really appreciate like a lot about this game. I love the atmosphere and the sound design is remarkable and the art design is ridiculous. Like, There's so much that I love about it, but there's still, I think the story is like disappointing to like a pretty big level to me. Like I, I think they could have done a lot more with them. With the character and and with the the like, considering the length of the game, I think they could have added a lot more of an interesting. They could have added a lot more dialogue in there. I think to to tell a more interesting story. And um, 
yeah, I recommend people like if they like me, like for the first few hours, kind of struggle with it. Just like just kind of force yourself to stick with it because I really started to I, I kind of turned a big corner about like I don't know I probably about that time if I if I didn't stop then I probably would have kept going the first time but. Um, I do really like this game a lot, and I recommend people at least give it a chance. And you're most likely gonna like it. Obviously, I'm uh, one out of four here who who didn't like it at that much, but um, I think there's a good chance you're gonna like it. Tony, I think you can throw all the awards possible at the, both the sound design and the set design. Of the uh, um, it's just incredible experience in, in that regard. Um, like Sean, I, I think they could have done more of the story for sure. But, um, you know, I, I fell in love with this game. I, I have to admit, I, I, I bounced off it first time. I didn't think I'd come back to it. It seemed a bit too scary for me. Um, but um, I'm glad I, I stuck with it because I, I really brought into the, you know, the 20-minute hiding from the alien. And I think that's, that's the, the key here. If, if you don't fancy the, the hideaway and you just want the kind of the immediacy of getting through a story like this this isn't the game for you you'll die too many times it just won't be fun but for me i really brought into the you know take my time patience everything's going to kill me feel like i'm the 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 prey um and not the hunter and (laughs) i completely got off on that i have to admit and i fell in love with it and you know um few games of recent memory have really got under my skin where I just wanted to keep playing them and the fact that it was so long was great for me because I wanted to play it more and more um so yeah 100% thumbs up for me um it kind of it kind of falls into one of my top games of all time and you know that's a hard list I find or the list becomes harder and harder I think with with modern games to to break into but uh I absolutely uh ended up adoring this game so um yeah for complete thumbs up from me we tend to uh, finish the summaries with the most positive person, so I'm going to let Andy uh, take us out. So, um, yeah, I uh, for me, this is one of the most successful licensed games I've ever played. Mm. It's it's right up there with Arkham Asylum in terms of just fully understanding the um, the appeal of the property mm-hmm. that it's trying to adapt um, and just absolutely capturing the core appeal of that experience now having said that the story is limp um i don't think any of the characters particularly stood out but it the way the alien itself is depicted in this game is my favorite depiction of it aside from the first film um I find it scarier in this uh, in this game than I have ever found it in any other depiction it's ever been in in all media, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I I love this game. Um, I think there are a few flaws, but the flaws are completely um, completely masked for me by um, by the things that this game does successfully. I, I would really recommend that people play both this and uh, and Soma kind of back to back because I think those games are really interesting to compare because I think um, their successes and, and failures um, uh, are re- a really interesting contrast if you want to see um, different kinds of horror in a similar genre. Um, but yeah, I love this game. Andy? Yes, similar sentiments uh, as to be expected. I think it's a visual and audio masterpiece. I think it's one of the most faithful uh, movie spin-offs, tie-ins, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's also 
which is also rare for a, a tie-in game, is that it's a smartly designed sort of mm. game with interesting systems. It's more than just a series of alien-flavored events happening. Mm-hmm. It's a game with some actual um, depth and some, you know, some something. It, it does something interesting with the horror genre. Um, yeah, just you know, it's uh, it's also one of my favorite games. One of the most recent entries to my sort of pantheon of like all-time favorites. Um, and yeah, I think if you love sci-fi with a more uh, like understated hard sci-fi and horror games that do something inter- more a bit more interesting than just um, you know hiding uh, against a, an enemy that walks in a prescribed pattern in a circle, um, then yeah, definitely play it. Okay, that just leaves me, um, Josh, Joshua Garrity, to thank Sean O'Brien and Tony Atkins and Andy Kelly for uh, joining me on this issue of Cane and Rinse. Andy, have you got anything you'd like to plug to our listeners? Um, well, I guess you could check out my uh, short film series, Other Places, which uh, I've now stopped making, but there are this 81 short <laughs> films uh, showing off a variety of uh, video game environments and a of beautiful atmospheric way so yes otherplaces.co.uk yeah um i i just to reiterate that uh, i think our, our listeners should absolutely check yeah. out um all of those videos because they are fantastic um and if you're listening to this check out the alien isolation one because mm. um andy takes a unique approach to capturing the environment of that game that i think is really successful so yeah definitely check out andy's work um, so next time in issue 243, uh, a dramatic change of tone and pace. Um, we will stop uh, crawling through corridors and start clicking and pointing and things in uh, Broken Sword, uh, the Shadow of the Templars. Goodbye. Goodbye.